0: This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Awesome. This series is called Devotions Journey, and we're looking at what God's saying to us about a consistency of keeping following. It's not difficult to follow, follow someone when things are going well. It's easy, right? Not an issue. But when we face challenges, and we all do, another spoiler alert, if you haven't yet, you will. That's not very encouraging, Pastor. But that's what happens in life. We face challenges. But if we are devoted to following Jesus, we will continue and keep going no matter what. And when I kicked this off a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fact that when you're on a journey, you want to know you want to know ultimately where you're going. It's important to know what the destination is rather than just kind of setting off kind of haphazard. None of us would actually do that. So what you need for a journey, if you've got, like you've got, got somewhere where you're going to, you probably need uh, some sort of a uh, either a sat reference, a, a postcode. You, you, you need maybe someone who's been before to tell you, you know, turn left, turn right, turn, turn right again, you can't miss it you can. Right? If someone says, you, why would you have to say you can't miss it? Why would you have to say that? Yeah. But so, directions like that, or you have a map, and I appreciate sure if you're under 30, you might not have seen one of these before, in the days before Google and and, and things, but this, this is a map to one of Trish and I's favorite parts of Spain. So here is a map, and it's kind of unwieldy, and if I totally opened it up, I'd possibly struggle. Um, my arms are not wide, big enough, wide enough to look at the whole thing. And you know, those of you who are over 30, which is a few of us, um, will remember grappling with something like this, trying to read something, you know, maybe on the road and you've got uh, your husband or your wife next year who's the map reader, the official uh designated reader of maps so they have 100% responsibility so they're doing it or even worse you're on your own and you've got this kind of opened on the passenger seat obviously not uh, looking at it while you're driving but but just possibly glancing and and here it is you're kind of looking at this so what do you do you you, you think well this a place I want to go. You don't just like open the map and just like search for it. There's an there's an index, and you find the index, and it might say you know G twelve, and then you kind of follow that, and uh, you know there's an index on a map, and there's that. Any cartologists in the house? No, it's nothing to do with hearts. It's to do with maps. Okay, clearly not. So um, what else is on a map? There's there's the index. Is that bit that tells you different? Things on the uh, different, what different sort of symbols are, and all. What's that called? Pardon? No. Thank you. I'm too humble to accept that, but I'll just uh, set up a joke, and it didn't work, did it? (laughs) Anyway, so you've got on a map. You've got on a map something to follow. So you'd have a level of confidence. But you need to know where you're starting from, don't you, first of all, not only where you're going. And there's often been times in my life, it might be true for you as well, I say, well, I know I want to get to, but I don't want to start from here. <laughs> I wish I was starting from somewhere else. And in life, sometimes we're in a position where we hadn't kind of ever planned to be. We find ourselves there and thinking, this is where I want to be. In life, not just in a destination, a geographical destination, but in a purpose in your life. That's where I want to be, but I don't want to start from here. But wherever you are starting from right now, God can still give us direction. He can still give us a vision for our life. He can still show us what he wants for us in our life. So if you think, well, I've messed up. I'm not in a great place right now. I don't want to start from here. Well, this is where you are, so let's start from here. And let's see what God can do in this journey of devotion. In devotion's journey, might not have chosen to start from here, but this is where you are. So let's see what God can do for us. You know, knowing where you're going is important. And notably as Christians, we've got a destination to be with Jesus forever. There's lots of things we don't understand about that. But actually, that assurance is enough for me. What's heaven going to look like? What will we do when we get? Reasonable questions, but ultimately, to know that my future is secure in him, for me, is enough. So I'm looking forward to that day. So I know where I'm going, but the journey, or the the route, if you like, is pretty much down to God. Now, we have choices, and, and sometimes we make selfish choices and, and go our way and, and, and not God's way, and we, again, you know, confession time, we've probably all done that at some time or another, being a bit selfish, and God wanted us, God, well, this is the route I'm taking. You say, well, I didn't choose that. I'll, I'll try this route. But God brings us back, and and then we know if we follow Him, we get the experience and the right growth in the journey. So, Destination secure, route is down to God. So God shows us what that's going to look going to look like. Now, last week Kelly told us about the about chapter fifteen of Acts, where there was a dispute between two significant leaders in the church at that time that you've all heard about, Paul and Barnabas. And because of that dispute, they went in separate directions. So Paul took a guy called Silas with him, and also a young guy that he was bringing along, encouraging. He was, in our terms, he was mentoring a guy called Timothy, who you've also probably heard of. There's a couple of books named after him in the New Testament. So they they set off on a journey of devotion following Jesus, so what they did was they, they traveled and, and visited a number of churches that had been established, and they encouraged them and strengthened them and taught them and, and built them up, so that's, that's what happens, that's what's supposed to happen when we make together, we build each other up, we encourage one another, that, yeah, okay, so it's, not, it's, it's our responsibility to do that, right, not just mine or whoever's speaking, it's our responsibility, so they did that. But then they started walking, and uh, we're going to pick up the story in Acts chapter 16 about what happened. In Acts sixteen six through to 10, just uh, a few verses, and uh, I almost tried, tried without my glasses. Bad move. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phyrigia? Phyrigia? And Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. So that's interesting. The Holy Spirit prevented them, stopped them from preaching. We'll come back to that. Hold that thought. Verse 7, Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Interesting. So it said they went on through Messia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So it's interesting, a number of things that are interesting about that is obviously that on two occasions, the Holy Spirit stopped them from preaching. It's quite a strange thing when that's what God had called them to do. Go and make disciples. Keep it simple. We can all understand that that's our job to try and reach people and disciple people and encourage people and strengthen people and all this kind of stuff. That's a responsibility we can all share. But in spite of that call, they found themselves in a position where the Holy Spirit prevented them from doing it. Now, if you look at the details of this, these guys walked for 200 miles, 200 miles, right? They decided, we'll go to preach there. Holy Spirit said no, started headed off west, and then they ended up going north and then they walked a long time and still it was no. So it's a bit kind of like, you know, you're heading for, you're heading for, for Blackpool and then you end up heading towards the top of Scotland or, 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 and you then take a detour, you end up in Ireland. You think, I was going to Blackpool and I'm in Ireland. I could have got there quicker from Blackpool or from here. But they ended up doing 200 miles. So just imagine walking on for 200 miles... Probably took them about three weeks or so to walk that far. So, that was an extraordinary thing that they're walking all that way, trying to be obedient to God, trying to be devoted to the journey as we we are seeking to do. But in spite of that, all their best efforts, the Holy Spirit kept saying no. It's possible that when the call of God's on our life, and I believe it's the call of God's on everyone's life, and we'll come back to that, to get frustrated when God doesn't work the way we want Him to work, when God doesn't open the doors that we think He should open, when God doesn't sort people out the way we think He should, it kind of gets a bit frustrating. But what we're called to do, the same as Paul and Silas and Timothy it's to keep walking it's to keep following to not give up to not to turn back to not to think you know how come I've joined this this was a this was when i read the brochure for this mission's trip it looked really exciting we we're going to greece we we're going to northern uh, turkey we we're we we're going on the coast it was going to be an interesting trip i mean paul and timothy were from turkey so going back to these places would have been an obvious thing to do, a legitimate thing to do, a good thing to do to take the gospel back to where they came from. But the Holy Spirit said no. The Holy Spirit prevented them, it says, or the Holy Spirit did not allow them. It's one thing to trust God's guidance when things clearly mapped out in front of us. It's quite another when we feel like we're in a blind alley we feel like we're in a cul-de-sac, we feel like we're going around in circles, then it's harder. But even in those situations, and you could easily be in one of those situations right now, especially actually in those situations, the thing we are called to do is to keep following, is to keep walking, is to remain devoted, not to give up, not to quit but to keep on going. It must have been amazing. I mean, Paul and Silas, this was a new combination. They were getting to know each other uh, and, and how they were going to minister together. There was Timothy, this apprentice for want of a better term, who was learning from them. What he learned from Paul and Silas was, when you don't know, you just keep going. When you're not sure, when it's not mapped out, you've not got a clear map, a clear direction, you've not got any coordinates, you've not got a postcode for what the next thing is in your life, you just keep on following Jesus. And my advice from my experience and the experience of many people in this uh, room this morning is when we don't know what to do, we just keep on going. We keep on walking. We keep on following. We keep on obeying. We keep on, we don't give up. We don't quit. We don't say, you know, we don't have a strop. You wouldn't do that, obviously. You don't join another church. You don't give up on Christianity. It don't work. We keep going. We keep going and we keep following Jesus. We stay devoted because devotion's journey is not static. It's active. So in devotion's journey, we keep going. Now, sometimes I appreciate there are times in our lives when the activity seems to have dropped and it kind of doesn't seem that the obvious thing to do is in front of us. But we keep on loving Jesus. We keep on showing up in church community. We keep on going to life group. We keep on serving. We just keep on doing the things that we know we should do. And God brings us through those times. You will have known times, if you followed Jesus for any length, any number of years, you will know times in your life when there seems to be a silence. It doesn't, God's, is God speaking to me? Is God, God's not giving me the direction I, I, I kinda, I'm used to. That might be your experience in the past or right now. It could potentially be in the future. My advice. Advice. the word of God says keep going, keep following, keep walking, keep walking. I understand walk walking, right? You learn to walk as a very young person, don't you? And it's fundamentally one foot in front of another. That's how complicated it is. It's one front in front of the other. And so until Jesus comes back, or until Jesus calls me to be with him, I'm just going to keep doing that. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. And I'm trusting, as I'm trusting this stage, I'm trusting that this will hold me up, as God will hold me up, as I keep on following him one step at a time. Even in those static, kind of stuck times, it's an opportunity for learning, it's an opportunity to grow. It's easy when it's clear, it's easy when everything's falling into place, but in the other times, we can still grow through those experiences, and we always have the choice to give up or to continue. Again, over many years, look around, the people who grow are the people who keep on following. Keep on walking. Yeah, they're not any more immune to problems and challenges than any of us are, but they just keep on going anyway. They just keep on walking. And you know what I'm talking about because many of you have had and are having challenges. But if we give up, we don't grow. If we keep going, if we don't give up, we thrive, we grow. In a development and a following of Jesus, Paul and Silas and Timothy walk for 200 miles. They could have had an attitude of, What is this actually all about? God, do you want us to do, do, you want us to do this or not? I've worn out two pairs of sandals, I've got blisters on my blisters. 200 miles, God, what are you expecting of me? But we don't see any record of that attitude. Now, we don't know that they didn't, "In God, you know, give us a clue. You know, we keep saying no, but they just kept on walking, kept on following, kept on being devoted to the journey. There'll be times in our lives when we don't know what the next step is, but you just keep going. You just keep going. just keep putting one foot and another. In Genesis chapter 5, there's a, there's a, there's a phrase about a guy called Enoch. It says it's about Enoch, and he did this for many years. It says, Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more, because God took him away. Now, I like the sound of this, right? I like the sound of it. Where's Enoch? Oh, God's taken him. Beautiful. When they screw the lid down on the box that I end up in, don't look for me, God's took me. How good is that? To know... I'm not playing that soon, but it's good to know. God, God took oh, where's Jeff? Oh, God took him because he not walk with God, and I know how to walk, right? But my parents taught taught me that from a very young age, so I've and it served me well. I never, I've not rejected and said there's better ways to. Walk. I could walk on my hands. I, I, what, what, if you've got legs, you can walk on those legs obviously understand some people are unable to do that but the principle is when we know how to walk it's a following of Jesus it's a day by day it's a step at a time it's a step at a time like Enoch he faithfully walked with God where is he well God's taken him he'll be right and he just kept walking i love it so this is all well and good but what, what what can how can we know god's direction for our lives how, how can we know god's direction for our lives because people often ask well you know what does god want me to do well first and foremost he wants you to keep going he wants you to keep walking and to keep growing and to keep keep, keep loving him and, and keep gathering together with his people and, and, and keep being part of a community and keep reaching out to touching other people and not be so obsessed with yourself that you can't be a blessing to other people. That's fundamentally what, what our lives can look like. But, you know, we to know God's will doesn't mean we have to hear his audible voice. Now, it's interesting that when we read that scripture, it tells us on two occasions that God prevented them and, and, and God didn't allow them. And we don't know how, that, how they knew that. It doesn't say there was a, like a booming voice from heaven like, like Paul, Saul Paul had on the road to Damascus. It doesn't say that, but they knew they had an assurance that God didn't want them to do that. We don't know if circumstances. We don't know if it, it, it was just… They just knew that God had spoken to them in that way. So, don't wait for God to give you an audible voice. Don't wait for, you know, big, big things written in the sky and, and uh, you, you know, kind of a combination of kind of weird things that you set up. And if God can do that, then it's obviously true. No, we're not messing about here. We just keep walking. We're just keeping going and then God will give us direction. But of course, first of all, we have to make sure that it's in line with God's, God's Word. If God's calling you to do something, and it, it is contrary, it is opposite to what the Bible says, that's not God, right? It's definitely not God. Secondly, of ask mature Christians for advice. That's why God puts us in community, because we can take advice. This seems a bit strange. Is this God? And they say, no, you've, you've probably uh, had too much cheese. But seriously, mature Christians can help us with that. So is it in line with God's word? Is it have we got mature Christians? What what about our question our motives too? Is this what I want or is this what God wants? So important God's word, advice, motive. Just pray, God, if this is right, open the door, close the door. What, whatever just just show me clearly what I should do. And always we bring that to prayer. In the previous chapter, in chapter 15, on one occasion, uh, it it's said in 1528, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. I found in my life, when there's been the big decisions, just, it seems right To the Holy Spirit and to me. Now, I'm not trying to evoke the Holy Spirit in a way that, say, I've got special access because I haven't. That's the same access as you have, and God speaks to you just as much as he would do to me. So please understand that. But there absolutely has been times when I've just known that God said this, and I've just kept doing it. Irrespective of circumstances that seem to be the contrary, because I know God said it, I've just kept on going. And sometimes it's as simple as thinking, God, what is the last thing you told me to do? Until you tell me otherwise, I'm gonna keep on doing this. And it was absolutely true with this building. I mean, next month we'll, we will uh, be thanking God that we've been in this building for five years. And what a journey that was, and many of you, you know the ups and downs of that journey. The overriding thing about that journey is that God was faithful. And God did what he said he would do. Now, many people were faithful. Many of you were faithful and sacrificial and all of, and absolutely, we wouldn't be here without that. But overriding, God was faithful. God said, do it. We kept going, so it happened. It, it sounds simple. Didn't seem that easy at the time, right? When things were going wrong and such a long journey and all of that. But we just kept doing what God told us to do. And I really believe... In your life, if you keep on following the guidance of the Holy Spirit, keep on listening to the voice of God through His Word. Keep on uh, running stuff by other mature Christians that can encourage and help you. If you do, keep praying about it. If you do these things, God will bring guidance and direction into your life and you will not feel like you're floundering, struggling, not want to do. You will know what God wants you to do. Maybe not in the moment, but if you stick with it, God will get you where he needs you to be. Paul and Timothy wanted to go to Turkey. They had a good motive for that. But the Holy Spirit told them not to do that. 200 miles, probably three weeks of walking, fed up. Well, I would have been tired, thinking, what is this all about? You know, Are we, are we following you, God, or are we just out for a walk? What are we actually doing? but they kept on following. And then the significant thing in the story was that then God spoke to them and gave them specific direction. It's called, it's referred to by Bible uh, theologians, Bible writers as the Macedonian call. Paul has this vision in the middle of the night of a man from Macedonia pleading with him, to go there to preach. So Macedonia was in the north of, north of Greece, so they had to get a boat from, from the coast of Turkey, from, from Troas, across to um, this place in Greece. But he had that vision. Paul saw a vision. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there, pleading with him, come over to Macedonia to help us. So this is a key thing. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God had calling us to preach the good news there. Interesting. It would have been makes sense to preach the good news anywhere and everywhere. But God has specifically called them to this. And I believe if we stay in faith, if we keep on following, then God will give us direct, clear direction for our lives. Absolutely no doubt about it. I love how the Message Bible puts it, that, that scripture. It talks about in a vision. But it says in the Message Bible, the dream or Paul's dream or Paul's vision gave him a map. How good is that? So he had direction from a vision. And uh, it literally—it was kind of like the vision, the dream, gave him a map. He knew where he was going. He had an opportunity to say, God, right, okay, I get it now. I understand. And we see that he went on and he went to Philippi and, and had an amazing sort of impact in that area because he was obedient to what God had called him to do, the vision We concluded God was calling us to preach the good news there. The vision, the dream, gave him a map. Having a vision for your life will give you direction. Literally, that's what it means. Having a vision will stop you wasting time. Having a vision will stop you going to the wrong places at the wrong time. It will help you with that. Vision gives us direction. The Holy Spirit will guide us to the right places at the right time, but also prevent us from going to the wrong places at the wrong time. Well, it's always the wrong time to go to the wrong places, but you understand what I mean. It will also guide us to right relationships and to avoid wrong relationships that are going to impact and badly impact our lives. That's the kind of direction that God will give us if we rely on him to do that. The dream gave Paul his map. Vision gave Paul direction. So, what has given you your map? What is your map? It's reasonable as an individual, as a family, as a church community to have a vision. It's reasonable to think this is where I'm believing God's taking me. This is what I what I believe God's calling me to give my life to. It's reasonable to expect that. And if we have that vision, it keeps us going when things don't go the way we think they ought to go or we hadn't anticipated they would go. Vision keeps us going. Vision gives direction, it keeps us moving forward. It gives us a map. A dream gave Paul a map. You need a vision for your life. Many people just kind of stumble along, get up in the morning and say, well, what's happening now? Well, you've got, things, you've got rocks in your life, probably. You've, you've got things that you have to do, like maybe go to work or to, to, to school, to college, whatever. Those are things that you have to do we don't work, we can't keep a roof over our head and all this kind of stuff. So we understand all of that. So that's kind of put some rocks or some structure in our lives. But there's more to it than just turning up day after day, waking up and saying saying what's happening. We can actually have a direction to say, God, I want to grow this year. I want to become more like you this year. I want to have a better understanding of your word this year. I want to see people come to Jesus this year. I want to be able to be a... Bigger blessing to people this year than ever. That's the kind of vision and a dream we can talk to, talk about. A vision for yourself, a vision for your family. What an inspirational guy uh, Joshua in the Old Testament was. And he's Joshua who was a significant leader. And from time to time, he had to challenge the people and say, stop messing about. You know, are you going to be a follower of, of God or not? And he, he made this call in Joshua 24:15, a familiar scripture for many of you. If you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? Here he goes. This is a vision for his family. But as for me and my family, my house, Some translations say, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It's a decision. And as I say many times, the decisions that we make affect everything in our lives. If I have decided to be a follower of Jesus, no matter what, then I will keep following because circumstances got nothing to do with it. Challenges, nothing to do with it. Disappointments, nothing to do with it. Tragedy, nothing to do with it. Yet, painful is difficult. But I have decided, as for me and my family, and as for me, and this house, we will serve the Lord. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We're not going to be subject to circumstances. We're not. We're not going to get flattened by stuff because we're going to keep on serving and following God. We will serve the Lord. You need a vision for yourself, for your family, for your future. God has got a great plan for you. You know, as Life Church, we have this this vision statement, this purpose statement that we exist to impact our neighbors, the nation, and the nations with the good news about Jesus, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's what we're trying to do. So we understand that, that we want impact. So the last six months, I've really been thinking about this and praying about this. Okay, okay God, what what does this look like now, and what do you want it to look like for in the future, in the years to come. I've really been waiting on and I'm still doing that, and God's kind of speaking to me in different ways and, and all of that, but if we could think about that as a, our own purpose statement in our lives, that we're supposed to make a difference We're supposed to uh, bless people, help people, uh, touch people's lives. We are supposed to impact our neighbors. We are supposed to impact the nation. And collectively, we can do that. We're supposed to impact the nations and the things. We are doing things that are doing that. But, God, what do you want us to do now? And can we be part of it? Well, I'm still praying about that. And we'll see what God wants wants to say as we we just put it before God and and leave it there. But we are a missional community. We want to reach people. So he's a couple of things to think about. First of all, God has called you. He's got a plan for your life. Now, you might think, well, I wasn't aware of that, but he absolutely has. So you, none of you are here just to make up the numbers. You know, just we, had a few, we have seats to fill, so thanks for showing up. That's not what it is, Right? You have got a f- purpose, you have got uh, a function, but, but, but more than that, God has got a plan for you, for your life, and you're just not another number, you're, you're an individual, and God has a plan for you. So I'm saying God's calling you to be a follower of Jesus, to be devo- a fully devoted follower of Jesus, and I'm calling you out now to say, let's, let, let's be followers of Jesus. If you've never given your life to God, well, I'm go- this is the day to do it, and say, God, from this moment, as for me, I will serve the Lord. This is going to be me, but also, how are we responding to our equivalent of a Macedonian call? There is needs right around us. People who do not yet know Jesus. People who have all sorts of different needs that we might be able to help with, to befriend somebody, to lift somebody up, to, to encourage somebody, to maybe maybe help them them in in a in, in a practical way. There's loads of things that we put us possibly could do and it's a Macedonian call we can't close our ears and think I'll do church Sunday morning and I kind of just keep myself to myself that's not actually what Christians are called to do we're called to be out there with people touching seeing transformation come our personal Macedonian call let's invite people along on Sunday this is a great time in church this time of the year is always a great time you know, it's raining, uh, it's Lancashire, and uh, let's bring people along and encourage them to see what we see and what God's done for us. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.